Hello, my name is Don English, Director of Children Deserve Success and Executive Director of the San Bernardino County Wide Gangs and Drugs Task Force. And I want to welcome you to our Children Deserve Success podcast. Once a month, we will be sending out these recordings regarding all things related to child welfare and attendance, school attendance review board, foster youth services, McKinney Vento homeless programs in our county, and the San Bernardino County Wide Gangs and Drugs Task Force. This month's focus will be an interview with Cecil Edwards, superintendent of Baker Valley Unified School District. Thank you, Cecil, so much for being here. Really, really appreciate you. Hey, good morning, Don. I'm I'm happy to be here. I tell you what, you drove a long way this morning. How long did it take you to get here, Cecil? It, just that two hours. Wow. Just that. That's the that's the uh, that's the the thing we do every day. Our teachers drive an hour to get there. It's a, it's a drive uh, when you're a rural remote school. It's a drive to get there every day. So it's just part of the you know windshield time is part of it. I appreciate you. I yeah. tell you what. Um, um, you know, we did a little brief introduction, but tell us a little bit more about your district and about yourself. I mean, the district is probably the most amazing place I've ever worked. Um, we have about 145 kids, preschool all the way through 12th grade. We'll graduate a class of 12, and then next year we'll graduate a class of five. Um, some of the most hardest working families. Um, the kids are, you know, they're polite, they're kind. Um, just an amazing place. Uh, we have about 13 teachers and probably 14 classified staff um, on campus. It's, it's, it's three schools, if you will, but one campus. So um, have about 750 people in our community. We're a very rural, remote area out on the 15 between Barstow and Las Vegas. Um, everybody knows the Mad Greek and, you know, alien jerky. So that's my <laughs> plug for the day. But, um, <laughs> wow. yeah, just a small little community, kind of rural, remote, um, away from everything. We are a, um, a proud district. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm – I'm really – I can't t- explain how – much I enjoy that that community. Uh, myself, uh, this is my second career. I retired from the U.S. Army um, a few years ago, and then got into education, and you know, just made that transition. It's been it's been really fun. A lot of a lot of time. That's amazing. It sounds like um, I was a community school principal, so we had about 145 kids uh, outside of our independent study program. But when you take on that role, you know, it encompasses so much of everything. So you learn so much. Um, but then it's really a hands-on position, so I can really relate to that. Um, so what brought you to be the superintendent of Baker? How did that happen? Well, back in 2015, I was a teacher in Northern California up in uh, Lake County, and some family things had come up. My son-in-law was stationed at Fort Irwin. They just had our first grandbaby, and my wife said, I'm going to retire, and I said, I can teach anywhere, so... Um, we, we moved down to the Barstow area and Baker Valley was the first one to say, Hey, you know, you want to come out and, and teach third grade for us. So I went out there and I taught for a year and then my son-in-law, you know, being an army guy, uh, found a new gig and packed up and left. And I thought, why am I in the middle of the desert? You know, um, but I, I went back in, I got into my admin program and went back up North, uh, back to the same school actually, and was the vice principal, took the vice principal role there, stayed in admin up there, you know, ended up at the comprehensive high school as the principal. And then, uh, when the former superintendent principal Baker, uh, retired, they called me and asked me if I'd want to come back. So, um, 
I flew down, talked to him, and here I am. What was your ADA at your comprehensive when you were the principal up north? About 1,100 um, at the high school. The district itself ran about 4,500. Okay. I'm going to throw this question in there uh, as a board <laughs> trustee. So how do you deal with your board, and how do they support you in your district? You know, you hear the stories of the boards where you say, Madam President, you know, your honor, and, and, and it's very formal. My board is very informal. We are, we're, we're, we're very um, trusting in one another. I'm a very open, transparent person. I don't hide anything. Um, we have you know, very genuine conversations. Um, and it's been a great relationship. It, it has really, truly been a great relationship with the board. That's really important. You know, we see um, just the turmoil that different boards are going through uh, with a num- number of issues, LGBTQ+, et cetera. Um, and so that I-, I can relate to what you're seeing. I serve on the Chaffee Joint Union High School District Board of Trustees. We are very intentional about doing what's best for all right. kids. And we've had a 5-0 vote for the two years that I've been on the board. So that's something well, I know you can appreciate. I'll tell you, Don, if <clears throat> if you maintain the focus of students first, if, if everything in your conversation is about the student, and if the board has that same view, you're not going to have an issue. You won't see everything eye to eye. You're going to have, you know, some, some back and forth. But if it's always about the students, you're always going to have a, a good relationship. Absolutely. I think. I, I agree. Um, what are the demographics of your community? We run about a 92% Hispanic population. We're about a 76% homeless. Um, it's not your traditional homeless. You think about living, you know, they more of a, we live in a trailer, we're doubled up, things like that. Um, we have about a 62% EL, um, English learner population. Um, it's funny, though, you, you know, you, you you hear those demographics. And you walk on campus, and, and all you hear is English being spoken. You know, it's 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 this interesting dynamic. You know, because everything there, the whole community is based on the service industry and the service industry of the, the 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 gas stations and the fast food you know restaurants and stuff. So, but you know, we're that's a, that's about our, our demographic. You know. Um, Social economic disadvantage, probably about a 78% mm-hmm. social economic disadvantage. We are part of the, um, the 100% school free and reduced. Um, Title one. Tit- yeah. So, um, but what's interesting is we're a, a basic aid district. And you wouldn't think that, right? So you think basic aid, you think Beverly Hills, you think Silicon Valley, those high right. property tax. Um we have Mountain Pass, uh, which is MP Materials, run a mine up there that mine rare earth minerals that's in our boundaries. So their property taxes is going to exceed what we would get for ADA. So um, we're in, we're basic right. a basic district, right. which is interesting. Right. That is interesting. most people, yeah. Man. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, I know my team came up there and, you know, I oversee foster and homeless uh, for the County Office of Ed. Um, Tell us a little bit about the resources that your families need in Baker and the supports you feel you're lacking. You know, we talk about the, the top three, right? When, when a community service schools initiative came out, you know, hey, get, get in touch with your local partners. And, right. you know, I don't have a local, I don't have right. a YMCA. I don't have a medical facility. We don't even have, you know, a clinic. I don't have a grocery store. We have a little, a little market, you know. Um, so one of the, the top three that we talk about is um, housing, you know. There's just not, not a lot of, not enough housing, 
to support our, our district, right, in, in the area. And then we talk about um, the medical needs. You know, we don't have a dental. We don't have, you know, we have to bring vaccine clinics there to help get that support for them. And then, you know, we do have a little bit of our food insecurities going on, but we don't have um, a food bank. We don't have somewhere to go to get things, right? So um, that's the thing that we're working on right now is how do we get those services to come out to, to Baker? And it's hard because we are that rural remote district, and you want me to pack everything up and drive for an hour, 20 minutes, and we might have 20 people show up because we've never done that before. So, you know, the first time you do it, it's always a little bit slow, right? So we're going to have to push past that and and the team here has been amazing um, we've done a lot of good work and and i think we have it set up to bring some resources out there good. next month yeah good, good good but those are those are the top three that we talk about okay you know wow sounds like some basic needs that need very basic there. needs yeah. very a lot of very basic needs it's not that the families can't uh, it's, it's a struggle barstow's a long way away most of our families work two jobs you know, just to, to try to maintain. So it's a struggle just to get to the facilities, you know. So right. how do we get the facilities to them? Wow. Tell me a little bit about your teacher's living situation, your living situation <laughs> as it relates to I'm kind of a nomad, yeah. right? <laughs> right. I, um, so up until a couple of years ago, all but two of our teachers lived in Las Vegas, um, live in Henderson. We had a couple of teachers lived on campus. We have some some trailers out there that they lived in, um, and and the school district provides vans, um, commuter vans, for them to come in every day. So they'll leave the M Resort is where they meet, and then they drive in and they do their thing, and then they drive home. Um, so all of our teachers live there. Here in the last two years, we've hired three uh, new teachers that graduated from Baker High School. So it's really a great yeah. kind of dynamic to yeah. bring that yeah. back in, bring them back to the community, you know. So, But we still have a majority of our teachers live um, in, in Las Vegas. We have a few that live in our housing on, on campus. We have two trailers and then a little apartment. And, and then we have two that live actually in town. Um, so we've, get, we're, we've seen a shift to bring a lot of our teachers back. Personally, I live in Las Vegas. <laughs> There's a house on campus um, that they offer, and so I, my CBO and I will, you know, late nights or what have you. We'll, he's got a bedroom, I got a bedroom, and we'll right. we'll just go over there and stay the night and get up. Or you know, if I'm just, you know, I work late, I just you know tend to stay there a couple nights a week, two or three nights a week, I stay there. So, right. but our teachers drive back and forth every day. So, how much of the site level principal role are you in versus the CEO role? as superintendent how, how would you say your time is split 100 percent both um i don't have a principal um we don't have a superintendent it's, it's it's me i'm the only administrator on campus and then we have a cbo business manager so you know we were having this discussion the other day the most of your day you was at a community you know most of your day is dealing with kids dealing with our kids are amazing right but you still have the things you have to go out and deal with. And, and it's so important to be present on campus. So, you know, your day's doing that. And then, you know, after all the kids leave or if I can squeeze in time. And, and it's hard because, you know, you want to get out and be in the classrooms. You want to get out and do the mentoring. You want to get out and do the guys. But yet I've got to write the LCAP. I've got to do the SARC plan. I've got to, you know, the state wants to, oh, the state gave me $5. They want a 25-page report, <laughs> right. right, on how I'm going to spend that $5. And then you got to report on that for the next year and a half. But so there's so many demands. And, and my CBO and I have got really good at he's he's really good at what he does. And he's taking a lot of that off my hands. But still you have – 
So I would say during the day, if you have me break it down, probably 80, 20, 80% of my time spent doing during the principal's job and 20% is done, spent during doing the superintendent job. And then that's during the school day, then, you know, evenings and weekends if I got if I have to do something. But that's just the, the wow. way it is. What extracurriculars do you all have for students? We have um, girls volleyball. We have boys and girls basketball. And then... We've been struggling for a couple of years, and this year we finally got it kicked off. We have an esports team for our middle school and high school kids. Uh, mostly our middle school kids get on there. They were in a tournament last <laughs> night. Um, we got about eight kids that do esports. Um, we run an after school program um, for for our kids. Um, we do after school tutoring, not that extracurricular, but we do that. Um, and the community does a soccer league. So you know we don't have a lot of extracurriculars, right. but we have we have things. You know. During basketball season, when they travel, our our high school is depleted. All the kids are gone. You right, know? Right, so right, right, you, right. you have one kid left in a class, <laughs> and the teacher's like, "What am I going to do with this one kid?" Right. <laughs> right, right, right so right, right. yeah, um, but that's the, that's what we kind of offer to our kids. Wow, um, that's something that is so interesting because it just reminds me of <clears throat> back in the day when we were coordinating sports programs and just trying to engage kids. Um, get our attendance rate up, which we had a 95% attendance rate, yeah. but that's all intertwined. You know, I think it, there's it intersectionality is. as it relates to all that. It is, and we're very, um, you know, we, we were kind of, they all said, I got a big heart and I'm lenient. And, you know, during COVID, you know, we would do things. And then the second year, you know, I I gave I gave a couple of, you know, waivers for kids to get a semester on the grades. We've been very hard on our kids. If you're not passing your grades, you don't, you don't get a play. Right. You know, we're going to hold a standard, and that's how we're going to get there. Your, your, your academics, your attendance, it all plays into what you can do. And, you know, what's interesting, too, you mentioned what we have extracurricular. We just had a huge, um, huge, I say huge, we had our carnival, right? And the, the, the whole community comes out on well, a night, and the, the kids put on booths, and they all try to fundraise and do that kind of stuff. We had a turkey trot where we just gave away a bunch of, of food to the community, you know, so – um, we do a lot of stuff with the community, too. Um, and the that's kids are intimately involved in all that. Wow, that's great. What's your uh, attendance rate, what you say right now? It's funny. Yesterday we had um, our award ceremony for the middle school and high school, and then we had an award ceremony for, for the elementary. And one of our challenges is the class with the highest attendance gets a pizza party every month, right? Um, I think our ninth grade – one with a ninety six point eight percent, and our fifth of fifth sixth or four five combo one with about a ninety six percent. We right now we sit about a 94 percent attendance. Um, we we got hit hard on our chronic absenteeism. You know, right? I do. You know, tell me I have to do something, then then penalize me for it. But um, that's coming back together, and we're really working hard. It's it's a tough because during all that COVID stuff. You know, keep a kid home. We don't right, want your kid. Right. Now you have to, oh, you was around somebody. Now you got to stay home. Well, I, I believe that gets in the mindset, right? Oh, you know, you woke up with a headache, stay right. home. You know, it used to be. So we've got to work past all that, too. And yeah. I think everybody's in that same situation. That's right. Yeah, That's absolutely right. As you know, I oversee attendance. So yeah. I'm intimately involved with that. But, again, it's, it's uh, kind of what you said. It's really getting kids invested. Um how do you continue to create an environment um, that empowers uh, those at your school, uh, be it staff, then students, and the community uh, facing the adversity that you, you kind of spoke of earlier? 
You know, when I when I first got there, I told the staff and, I, and, and community members, I said we can't we cannot be the largest entity in Baker and not be a part of Baker, right? Mm-hmm. So we've really tried to get the school. When we talk about the community, we really tried to get the school involved in everything the community does. You know, from the food drives or Christmas program and all that stuff. You know, they go out and do this big Christmas parade. It takes four hours to get around Baker, and it's a mile from end to end in Baker, right? But they take toys to every kid. Why are we not involved in that? Right. So right. we got involved in that, you know, and and so we started trying to open our doors up, become more welcoming, become more, more, um, you know, centered on our community. But I think with the students and the staff, I think it all boils down to the relationship. Yeah. You know, it all boils down to the relationship. When 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 Johnny steps out of line and I walk by and smack him on the back, and say, Johnny, come on, let's go. He knows that I've got his back, but he also knows I'm holding to a standard, but he mm-hmm. knows I'm invested. That's right. And if the staff's invested, the students are invested. Right. We celebrate everything. If it's a little win, we celebrate it. If it's a big win, we celebrate it. You know, and we try to celebrate not just the wins, but the, the just the. We, we did our turkey trot, and we had a kid that couldn't make it all the way around, but he won best effort. You right, know, right, right, right. Let's right. not celebrate the kid that was the fastest. That's we're right. going, we're going to celebrate you too, but That's we're right. going to celebrate you when you try. That's right. You know, and give the kids a reason to do well. Right. Um, but I, I think it all comes back to staff. I'm, I try not to be a micromanager. I like to know what's going on. Um, I read somewhere a long time ago that you know teachers are independent contractors and treat them as such. Right? Um, oversee, make sure what's going on needs to go on, but let them let them go. Let them teach their classes. Right. And, I, and I, I try not to. Um, <clears throat> get in there and push my, this is the way I do it. Not, why do you do that? I do it this way. You know, hey, let let the teacher teach. If they're doing what's good for kids, then we're going to be fine. So, you know. Yeah. I agree. Effective leadership is to provide resources and empower people and let them go to work. Let them go to work. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, what do you see, uh, and this is a kind of two-part, so where do you see Baker? Uh, what's up next? You know, what are you looking forward to? And then the next five years, what do you see? I think we have to shift. Our, we've, we've got a great community, um, but we need to do a little shift in our um, academics and, and our, where we're heading academically, right? Um, so we've made some big shifts towards um, our goals, right? Um, we're really focused on our, our reading. Um, we're really focused on, you know, our, our, our focus is on academic language. You know, you, you want to judge our students based on a test, that they may not understand. They know that they know the content. They know the algorithm. They just may not understand that language. So we're really focused on the academic language. But I think the shift for us now is is to, to shift that academically. Um, we brought in dual enrollment a couple years ago. We run about 20% of our high school kids dual enrolled now with Barstow Community College. So, you know, I think in the next five years, I want Baker to stand out as – you know, hey, where'd you come from? Oh, I'm from Baker. Hey, that's awesome. You know, we, we built a program with the mine up there um, that we're working on now that they have a fast track to hire our kids. We had one student get hired up there last year, and all you hear is rave reviews. We want, I want Baker to be that place that kids come from, that, that people recognize who you are and what, what you bring to the table. Um, but I think that comes through a lot of that, you know, academics plays a big part in that. It, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, you have to be dedicated, you have to be devoted, and you have to have follow-through, you know. Um, and I think we can teach the kids that they're going to be successful in whatever they do. Wow. I, you know, we can talk about that because that's intriguing. So work-based learning, <laughs> what component of work-based learning do you have um, 
as we talk about the mines and all that, and there's a pipeline for that. Yeah, it's 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 tough when you only have forty high school kids, and you want to build a a CTE program, but you got to hit all the academics. You know your state because we're an A to G school, so we have to hit all that right. And then when you talk, sixty one percent of our kids are EL, so they have to pull out for ELD. You know. I, we did a business management class, and we got three kids in it, right? And it's hard to do that. So we have to be um, – I'm working with a, a school district now that maybe I can bring their auto tech teacher out in the evenings to do something under our over our adult ed program, but bring our kids to do that too, right? So I'm trying to do that kind of stuff. We're, we're, we're working with the mine to get some kids up there to start, you know, and bringing their millwrights and their mechanics and their – you know, um, explosive ordinance guys down just to teach. Just come down, spend the day with the kids, right, and talk right, to them about right. things. Um, and getting involved, we have a gold mine that's not too far from us, and so we're starting to build relationships with the gold mine. You know, so there's a lot of resources we have to, you know, but we have to think outside the box. I can't just say well, we're going to open a culinary arts class and we're going to open an auto shop class. I don't have the resources and I don't have the student base to do right, that, right? right? But how can we do that? Um, and get our kids prepared for the future. Most of our kids work already. You know, um, if they're after basketball practice, they go down to their job and they work their job. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of um, hard chargers there that, that are devoted to do what they need to do. So, well, see, so I think you're the man for the job. You seem to have some energy and passion. I appreciate about that, you. Don. I, yeah. I heard about you. I said, a man it's not all, my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what last message would you like to convey to our audience about Baker USD? You know, I tell everybody that comes out there, our students deserve everything everybody else gets. And I think think all of our smalls need to think that way, right? It doesn't matter if you have 40 kids or you have 4,000 kids. Every kid deserves the same, right? And, And we just have to be able to think outside the box, if you will, just how do we go about the unorthodox thinking? How do we how do we get this? How do we achieve that, right? Because our students deserve the same thing that everybody else deserves, you know? Um, and you just have to, to push forward with that focus, I think. And your teachers, let them let them do their job. Just let them work, right? I had, I, I've got a – I'll share a little story. I've got a, um, a science teacher, that, and he teaches a robotics class. And we bought all these robotics things last year for him and a couple of years. He's been doing all this stuff. And I walked by the other day and I looked through the window and he's got four or five 3D printers going and kids making like masks and little trophies. And I told him, I said, I said, hey, Seuss, you, it's a robotics class, man. What are you? Come on now. He said, no, no, no. I'm teaching them how to use these, these uh, 3D printers. Here's the program we're going to print 3D cars that can work, and then we're going to build a 3D robot um, with these things. And so, when I first looked in, I said, "Come on, man! You're making a right. you're making a mask, right? Why, right. What's the right. what's the point behind that? It's a robotics class." Um, but when you sit back and, and see their vision with what they're going to do with it, you think, "Okay, I just need to shut my mouth sometimes yeah. and, and let it happen, yeah. right. you know, and just let it go, right?" And it's it's amazing what what our staff will do if you if you guide them in the right direction and let them go. So, and then always get out there and give the kid a pat on the back and you know know their name and see their faces. Superintendent Edwards, I appreciate you coming today. I appreciate I appreciate, I appreciate the invite, Don. I've had a good time. What a pleasure. Thank you for listening. We hope you find this information valuable. If you have any topics or questions that you would like addressed, please email them directly 
to CWA at sbcss.net. As always, we hope you stay well and continue to transform lives through education.